0: I'm Rico
1: and I'm Jessica
0: and this is the always the critic podcast where a couple of friends will review the latest movies except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, we actually have new movies.
1: Hey, what do you know? Look at 2020, that. 2020 ringing in a new movie.
0: Yes. Just two movies, Two new two movies. Two
1: movies. Yes. Two movies
0: that on a normal in a normal year would have been in theaters easily. Yes. One of them that we're going to talk about was in theaters, uh, partially. Uh, The other one was not, but we'll, we'll discuss both of them. But before we get into that, if this is your first time listening, thank you. Thank you for giving us a shot. Go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, five stars, because anything less is a little petty.
1: Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Always Critic Pod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you, Jessica. Thank you guys for listening. Now, today we are going to discuss two different movies, uh, two wildly different movies, I would say. Yeah. Uh, The first movie that we're going to talk about is from DC. It is Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, This is a movie starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, and Pedro Pascal. It is directed and written by Patty Jenkins. She is joined on the writing team by Jeff Johns and Dave Callahan. Uh, Now, uh, Jessica, how was this reviewed and received by critics and audiences?
1: Okay, right now it's sitting at a sixty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, so it is not fresh anymore.
0: It's not certified fresh. It's Correct. still fresh technically. Uh, yeah, anything technically over fresh.
1: sixty. Yeah, but it's not certified fresh anymore, which um, is
0: wild because it actually started at certified fresh. Like it, yeah. it started like in the high eighties, and then like two days before it came out, just a sharp dive. It was crazy.
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened. Uh, And then the audience score is at 72%, so obviously higher. Um, The Critics Consensus reads Wonder Woman 1984 struggles with sequel overload, but still offers enough vibrant escapism to satisfy the fans of the franchise and its classic central character.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. And so now, box (laughs) office wise, uh, this is the movie that did also premiere in theaters here in the United States. And it, this is a very sad sentence to read, but it said that it broke box office records in the COVID-19 era. Oh. Yeah, I know. Uh, $16.7 million opening weekend, Christmas weekend, uh, which is the highest opening weekend that we've had so far since the pandemic broke in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. That plus what it made overseas, we're looking at right now at this moment, $85 million worldwide. Uh, Which is, I I don't think it's that bad for what is going on and what is happening. Um, Obviously, this movie was made for over $200 million. So it's going to be a little bit to make that money back. Plus, the fact that it's on HBO Max for the first 30 days is very interesting. Now, uh, Jessica, what are your general thoughts on Wonder Woman 1984?
1: I quite liked it. I, I really didn't have a lot of negativity for it. Um, I thought that the third act of this movie was way better than the third act of the first Wonder Woman movie, which I can't even watch. (laughs) Like that (laughs) third act is like unwatchable to me. Um, I, I liked it. I, you know, I was wondering, like everyone else, how they were going to bring Chris Pine back. And it was, I don't want to say believable because it's a superhero movie, right, but it's, it's movie. you know, they account for it. They have a reason for it. Um, I like the 80s setting. I, I'm not a huge, like, 80s fanatic where I'm like, oh, 80s, like, right. great, great time. It's like, you know, whatever. But I like the setting. It seemed to work. They gave her a really... Trendy, cool wardrobe that wasn't like over the top. Like Wonder Woman doesn't have blue eyeshadow.
0: <laughs> no, no, and she's not. No. She's not wearing like those uh, like legging stuff or any of the super yeah, no. bright colors. I that, was really surprised
1: yeah. at how much I liked Kristen Wiig's character. Like, way surprised.
0: Yes, that was the big question for yeah, me. Yeah, I think yeah, that was yeah. the big question for a lot of us. Is like, how would Kristen Wiig? perform and it's not like she had never done any type of serious roles because uh there was the movie that she did with bill Hader, the skeleton twins which is kind of like a dramedy really Mm -hmm. um but she has never been pushed into the spotlight like this in a serious role i put that in quotations because yeah it's
1: a comic book movie it's a comic
0: book movie uh it's a little bit different when you're placed in in that type of role or that type of spotlight versus being in a broad comedy even in something like bridesmaids bridesmaids right. became huge after its release it wasn't like people were you know like oh my goodness kristen <laughs> Wiig and maya rudolph are coming out with a movie it wasn't like that no but it was after the fact that people were like that is one of the funniest movies of the decade <laughs> but now with that expectation coming into a movie like this how would she perform? How would she interact in this environment? Especially
1: and, in this, like a villainous role, right? You
0: know, villain role. That was that's what threw me off. Is that oh, she's going to be the villain?
1: Yeah, interesting. She's not a sidekick. No, she's not. A, you know, another superhero. She's a villain. She's a villain. Like, yeah. At so odds with Wonder Woman,
0: <laughs> I was surprised that I enjoyed most of her performance. I thought I thought that she. She definitely placed her strengths early on in the movie, uh, being comedic, being really tapping into like awkwardness and stuff. Because Mm -hmm. if you know Kristen Wake from Saturday Night Live or anything, yeah, like she taps into that awkwardness very easily,
1: so well and quickly. So well.
0: So and then, but then in the second half, where she has to lean more on a little more uh, fierce or uh, dramatic acting, or a little more commanding stuff. It, it didn't take me out of the movie. I, no, I was no. like, you know what? This is actually pretty good. I'm, I'm nothing wrong here. Um, the other villain. There's another villain in this movie, yes. uh, and the movie really centers around this uh, character. Without the trailers, really, I mean, they the trailers uh-uh. hint at him.
1: No, they really don't.
0: But they really do not push how no. big this character is going to be, and that is Pedro Pascal's Maxwell Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this character basically takes over this movie anytime I was expecting he's on screen.
1: Full on, Kirsten Wegg was like the main villain, and I had no clue that Pedro Pascal was like the real bad, big bad of this movie.
0: Right, I, it t- I had t- no t- idea. Me
1: by surprise, like out of left field.
0: Right, I thought he would be an ancillary part. You
1: exactly. know, that
0: kind of like, yeah, there's going to be some bad stuff dealing over here, but. We're really focusing on Cheetah, but no, actually the roles are reversed. Uh, If anything, Cheetah is a little more of like a side villain almost in a way than Pedro Pascal. So what do you think of his performance, of Pedro Pascal's performance? I think um, he was just having so much fun of just over the I was going to say he top. was
1: kind of chewing up scenery yeah, a was. lot of the time. <laughs> uh, which has got to be pretty fun as an actor to just be given a little bit of license and creative freedom to just go wild. Uh, everything was very exaggerated. He had um, an accent. I don't know enough about Pedro Pascal. I don't know if he has a natural um, Hispanic he does. accent. So he does. it seemed very um, believable, I think, his accent. And... I don't know about you but I think Pedro Pascal needs a facial hair.
0: Yes, I agree. <laughs> Pedro Pascal should not be rocking clean-shaven look because it doesn't <laughs> quite work for him.
1: I was like, okay, I definitely feel like people have their looks and like the most um if the most flattering uh, you know, looks and and facial hair is one of them for him like he, need, he needs it. Um so it was kind of weird to see him barefaced but Right. I I generally quite liked it. I was like I was into it. I was not mad that Pedro Pascal took over as main villain.
0: No, no, definitely not. Uh by the way, uh Pedro Pascal is from Chile. That's Chile. where he's from.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Yes.
0: Uh and uh he did get raised in um part of Orange County, California, and then okay. another part of his life in San Antonio, Texas. So, like,
1: okay, yeah,
0: <laughs> kind of like pretty heavy Hispanic influences mm-hmm. in both of those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I really enjoyed uh, Pedro Pascal. Um, I will say that I, speaking of our main star, uh, Wonder Woman herself, Gal Gadot, uh, she again continues this role of being like just. Great for the role. I, I I can't stress enough the fact that they nailed the casting of Gal Gadot when they casted is her. Is it Gal Gadot? Uh, this is another one of those <laughs> weird ones. People say Gadot. People say Gadot. I'm pretty sure. I think it's Gadot because of the fact that it's not like she's American. It's not like it's a D.O.T. dot. I, I'm pretty sure there's.
1: Okay, so here's the we'll thing. See. Is that after I watched Wonder Woman... The second time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I watched it off of HBO Max and they had like, oh, extras. And I was like, you know, the whole family was like, what else do they got? Like thinking they might have like deleted scenes or something. And I was like, no. So they had like the, (laughs) they had the launch or whatever of the, I think of the trailer or something. And it was like a whole event. Yeah. A virtual event. And they introduced Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've and heard. heard I was like, oh, I've heard it both dang. ways. Is the problem from from different people?
1: I don't know. I mean, because she was there, like with the girl.
0: Like true. I don't true. know. Maybe that's that's why maybe, I was like, oh, maybe it's, it's fine. Gadot. Maybe it is Gadot. We'll just okay. call her Gal. Gal on a
1: first name basis.
0: Yes, I I think they. It's a good thing they nailed that casting with her years ago when they casted her. And she, she is really good in this movie. Uh, there are... Look, she's not the greatest actress, and I'm going to say that right now. There are moments where the movie does need to rely on her... You know, in some dramatic moments. And it's not quite there. Like, there's moments where you're like, mm, the acting's a little rough for her. But overall... So
1: you're going to you're gonna have to tell me in spoilers what those moments are.
0: Right. Overall, though, she... She is just, like, so charismatic, so warm, like a fun personality to watch and to be around in a movie that, yeah, it's such a great casting on Gal Gadot.
1: Hmm.
0: And then finally, Pine. Pine's back. Uh, What can you say about Pine? I mean, Pine's great. What can you say about Pine? Pine's great. I love Pine.
1: I don't even like Pine. Like, (laughs) he does nothing for me physically, but I'm like, wow. Chris Pine. <laughs> so, so
0: among the Chris's in Hollywood, he's very low, low. low for me. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair
1: enough. If people have their purposes or choices yes, and the like Chris that's not Wars my
0: Chris. But <laughs> <continue>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so something that I wanted to talk about because I think you and I have a kind of positive reaction to this movie. Okay. Is the reaction that this movie has garnered. This this movie Okay, so I've it off
1: the internet mostly.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: what is I guess it's negative?
0: It's bad. Eh, quite negative. Which oh, is no. Yeah, like um there are uh articles and Facebook posts and video like YouTube videos of like a waste of two and a half hours. It was garbage. You're
1: joking.
0: DC completely ruined this or or <gasps> You know, just like talking about how bad this movie was, <laughs> like, like they As were saying it's they trash? were, like, they were saying that it might be the worst DC movie. They and need let me, to
1: rethink their lives. Because yeah, like the worst DC movie is miles away from any Wonder Woman. No, movie.
0: exactly, exactly.
1: Miles away. Am they I need going to look Aquaman because Aquaman is a little mm, stinks a little bit? So, so um
0: <laughs> if if. If I were to compare this to the first Wonder Woman, I still enjoy the first Wonder Woman more. Mm. But this is not the garbage that people are like saying, like, "Oh no, it's pure garbage. It's a waste of time." I wish I had like they were playing the wish, like, "I wish I got my two and a half hours back," type of thing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy, like the amount of like negativity this movie was getting. Uh, Because
1: everybody has a freaking opinion about a superhero movie. And that's fine to have your opinion, but like I'm the first one. Listen, I'm the first one to shit on a superhero movie. A, yes, you I, are. I, I'm always the first one. Yes, you are. Um Yeah, I don't see it here, fellas. Like <laughs> if I you're don't here, get it. over your shit now, Wonder Woman, you need to like get it together because it's not that bad.
0: No, it's not. It's, it it's really, really isn't not that bad. Um <laughs> are there some campy stuff in here? Sure. Sure. Like, there's sure. some like silly stuff, some things you have to like think about and be like, huh, so this is what they're going to do in the movie or. Right. You got to make some leaps of logic here and there. But again, it's a superhero movie. I'm not, it's
1: a superhero movie.
0: Right. It's <laughs> I mean, like this it's is a not. a
1: Wonder Woman. <laughs> right. It's not contending She's, for an Oscar,
0: man. Like, no. <laughs> and people are like treating it like this movie should have saved 2020 type of thing.
1: Get out. This
0: is not the responsibility of this movie. This movie is entertainment. It's pure entertainment is what this movie is. And, yeah, people are out here shitting on it. Like, just, uh, like, terribly. Yeah. Um, it's it's very babe, interesting. Like, no. <laughs> I am surprised that – well, you were off online. I happened to be checking online and, oof. <gasps> yeah, it, it was something. It was something. Ooh. Uh, so I, I think with that said, Okay, I think we as can,
1: if twenty twenty is like a right. garbage, hot trash kind of right, a year exactly. like you don't need to be shitting on Wonder Woman.
0: <laughs> no, no, I don't necessary. I would it's sooner necessary. shit
1: on Tenet than uh, <laughs>
0: Wonder Woman. So <laughs> And if
1: you don't believe me, go back and listen to our Tenet go episode back because to it was yes. all over that Yeah,
0: trash, you were all over trash that trash heap.
1: Movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: so let's go ahead and let's talk about spoilers. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the
1: father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist.
0: Oh, what's in the box? All right, so let's run through the plot real quick. Uh, If you're listening, we are going to spoil this movie now. We're going to run through the movie really quick. Uh, We start off with young Diana. Uh, she is part of the yes, the the Amazon Olympic Games, <laughs> and uh, she learns a, a lesson of not cheating her way because at one point she loses her horse, so she tries to, uh, kind of like, I guess, shortcut her way through the obstacle course through the course. Well, and
1: my dad said it best when he rewatched Wonder Woman because he fell asleep. Um, he said, "Oh, because she was mirando patra."
0: Yeah. That's she exactly was. what she
1: was doing. She, she was, was looking back. Looking back.
0: Yeah, you should be you should focused be forward. Ahead. Exactly. exactly.
1: So she does try and cheat her way. She's like, basically, there's has to be some way for me to finish this, and she shortcuts her way back to the finish line. Um, her aunt is it? Yes. Her Robin aunt, Wright. Robin Wright um, yanks her uh, away from the finish line. Is basically like, this is a lie. You can't.
0: <laughs> a hero <laughs> is not born out of lies.
1: A hero is not born out of lies, and there's there this was a weird line, but it was something like there is the truth and there is nothing but the truth.
0: The truth <laughs> is said, greater than all of us.
1: Yeah, but then she says there is nothing yeah, but that. There's nothing so, but that. Anyway, um, then we catapult ourselves back to present day, which is 1984. She's working at the Smithsonian, um yep. as an what was it, anthropologist cultural anthropologist and paleontology?
0: And no. Yeah, I can't remember because I remember that Barbara Minerva who we meet in this moment. She's a Wiig, geomologist?
1: Gemologist. Gemologist, and whatever.
0: cryptologist or something like
1: cryptologist that. Cryptologist is is, is her like in, last one.
0: Is her last Expert
1: one. in things that don't exist like Bigfoot, exactly. you know, Loch Ness monster. That's what a cryptozoologist yeah, is. Yeah, that's what
0: too. a cryptozoologist is. Yes. So, uh we meet her, uh we can tell that she is a bit of an outcast, doesn't really get paid attention to, a bit of a l- loner, awkward I, girl. I
1: found her a lot of similarities between her and uh, Mia Thermopolis before she becomes a princess because I, people like don't
0: don't even, pay, don't attention even
1: pay attention to her. Like the lady that interviewed her for the job at the Smithsonian like didn't recognize her. Yeah.
0: Nice to meet you. We, yeah. we already met. Like she had to... You
1: interviewed I, me like yeah. twice. <laughs> so, you know, she's having a, a tough go of it because her social life is not...
0: Non-existent.
1: She, yeah, non-existent. She's not popular in no. terms of like... Not at all. Any sense of the word. And so uh, Wonder Woman pay, gives her some kindness, <laughs> goes some out kindness, to eat yes. with her and gets to know her a little bit. Um On top of all this, there's a heist that happens at the beginning of the movie uh, regarding like a gemstone that was being taken from a mall jewelry store, which was a front for illegal
0: um, like sales activities for high buyers. black market. Yeah, black um, market stuff.
1: Antiques and things like that. Right. So.
0: That's where Minerva comes in because she is a gemologist. So she is studying. She doesn't make much of it. She of doesn't the actual think much
1: stone. of the FBI she, wanting her to identify and like uh, sift through all of the evidence right. that was collected right. at this site.
0: But in particular, that gem, the gem that right. she finds, she even dismisses it as saying it's nothing more than probably 75 bucks. And so the inscription on it says that lay it upon something and make a wish pretty much. Mm -hmm. And so we do get a glimpse of someone making a wish for a cup of coffee and magically somebody has an extra cup of coffee to hand them. Uh, Then you see Diana holding it and you can tell she makes a wish. She closes her eyes and There's a little flutter of
1: wind. (laughs) Yes.
0: So something happens Uh, all while uh, Diana's life. If, if we take a quick step back uh, she's kind of lonely. You know, she out, She goes out and fights the day. She tries to keep it uh, secret. Like she'll, you know, wink at a little kid. Like this is our little secret type of thing. And there's reports going around of a mysterious woman saving the day type of thing. But when she's out and about, you know, she's alone. She goes to dinner alone. She she doesn't really get out much. But you could tell there's like a pining for a lost (laughs) love. So... (laughs)
1: The pun is killing me.
0: So when she makes her wish, (laughs) you can obviously tell what the wish is going to be for. Sure, Um, because there's pictures of him in her apartment. Like she's
1: got a small shrine. Yeah, and
0: she even like formed a ranch and named it after him, Trevor Ranch. So, so there are different things. So we move along, and here is where we're introduced to Maxwell Lord. Uh, Maxwell Lord is introduced because. Uh, Barbara Minerva makes a wish. She knows what she'll wish for. She wished she was like Diana. Cool, strong, popular. So what happens after she makes the wish and the next day she wakes up, all of a sudden she's not as clumsy with her shoes anymore. People are paying attention to her. Maxwell Lord shows up. He has his eye on the gem. It seems like he already knows about it. Uh, so he is the head of this uh, oil company company very 80s like uh what his line was life is good but it could be better <laughs> like and he's on tv like you don't need a degree or anything just call now but yeah. very it's very like a pon-
1: it's a ponzi scheme it's a ponzi because he wants people to buy into this oil thing like exactly own a piece of whatever and get rich quick and all this stuff
0: right and it turns out that he's kind of broke because he has an investor the company that has like this giant building Like, only has one floor that actually works, which is the the reception area. (laughs) Everything else is, like, still torn down. Uh, He has a son who, obviously, he cares about, wants to make his son proud. Mm -hmm. So that's why he's, like, you know, always, you know, striving for more and more and more. So, keep a pin in that. He's still looking for the gem. Uh, Finally, uh, after some going on. we get to a party, a party where Maxwell Lord is there. Barbara Minerva shows up. She gets all the attention in the world now because she looks great. Her wish is
1: being granted.
0: Yes. Now she gets all the attention the way Diana gets all the attention whenever she walks into a room. Uh, Diana is looking for Maxwell Lord. And then finally we hear a voice. We hear someone calling out to her. And called out to her again and is following her throughout this party. And we hear the echoes of the line that Steve Trevor says to Diana, I can save the day, but you can save the world. And after the camera goes around them a couple of times, <laughs> boom, reveal. Chris Pine Chris is back. Pine. He is back.
1: Mm-hmm. So her uh, wish was granted because his wish. soul was was dropped into the body of some dude living in D.C. Yeah,
0: this this is an interesting thing. Like his he we'll she can see yeah this. she can see Trevor yes. she can see Steve Trevor but the rest of the world sees this random dude.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Uh, so they take a lovely stroll through the, uh, through yeah, the Washington Monument. Yeah. They
1: have a touching reunion. Max Lord gets his hands on the wishing stone. Yes. He wishes to become the stone basically yes. wants to become the genie. Exactly. And he starts granting everyone's wishes and manipulates people to grant what he wants as well by suggesting what they should wish for. Um, it brings society to its knees, causes multiple miscommunications and, uh, uh starts basically a war between countries like Egypt and like ignites the, the Middle S- Soviet East Soviet
0: Union as well.
1: Soviet Union, um nuclear war. He kind of meets with the president and um top top people in society and uh is getting basically drunk on these wishes. Um, yeah.
0: because he uh, wants more. He he, he- wants more. The answer is always more. The answer is, is
1: always more, is what it says. So right. Diana basically has to stop this dude from crippling society and bringing the earth <laughs> into chaos.
0: Yeah. But at the same time, who is there to kind of stop Diana? And it's Barbara Minerva, who has finally realized right, yeah. that so she's, she's strong and blocking, has power. Yeah, she's stopped yeah,
1: fucking exactly. Wonder Woman because she doesn't want her wish to be taken back. She doesn't want to right. go back to how things were.
0: Another main thing about the whole wish thing is that the wish takes something in return. Yeah. So it takes uh, her
1: most valuable Possession. Possession. Yeah. So
0: in the case of Wonder Woman, it is taking away her power. And we realize that through several fights, several action scenes, she's not as invincible or as strong as she usually is. Right. She's like getting weaker and weaker as the movie goes along. Mm-hmm. So once the villain has been able to escape, Cheetah helps her, or Barbara, before she becomes Cheetah, helps Maxwell Lord escape from the White House, the entire city is in chaos. Yes. So it comes down to making a choice. Uh, Diana has to make a choice, and even Steve Trevor tells her, you you have to do something, and you have to renounce your wish, because you have to save the world. The world needs you. And yes. so she has to make that the tough choice. The only way to
1: fix the issue is to either renounce, renounce your wish, wish. or kill the, um, destroy the stone, which in this case is now Pedro Pascal, so kill Pedro Pascal. Pretty much. Um, And she's still like, there must be some other way. We got to get around this. There's, right. There must she's be some other way.
0: Trying everything they can. Or at least she's racking her brain trying to find a different way. Mm-hmm. And really it, it's... It's painful to watch. Uh, she has to lose him again. 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 Uh, and yeah, so when she renounced-
1: It's kind of an renou- onward moment where it's like, he was here for a second and then he had to go. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. finally
0: she renounces. She becomes a Wonder Woman again. Like she, her powers are back. Plus, yes. flight. She can now fly. She
1: takes a little tidbit from her boyfriend and she learns how to ride- Catch and harness the wind, harness yeah. the, the air. The and wind the, and air. Yeah. To so be then able she learns how to or glide,
0: fly. However you want to call it. So now we have our ultimate showdown. Uh Pedro Pascal has gone to some island where he could broadcast to everyone where he can touch he wants
1: to touch everyone. Because
0: that is the key to making wishes. You have to touch them. So with this uh, government experiment, they release these particles that touch everyone. So he's <laughs> out. In front of a camera, talking to the entire world, make a wish, make it right now. And and as he's delivering these wishes, uh, he is taking s- stuff from them, like his right. their life force, their energy. The, right, because what
1: him. the thing took from him when he wished, he wished to become the stone, and the stone took his health.
0: Right. So now he's taking other people's health when he's granting wishes. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, That brings us to Wonder Woman showing up. She shows up in the armor that we see in the trailer with the wings. Uh, Barbara has mutated into her final form. (laughs) She is now Cheetah. And so she is uh, quite powerful, like really like takes it to uh, Diana, Wonder Woman. Uh, They fight. They go back and forth. Obviously, Diana is able to overcome her, doesn't kill her. But he's able to overcome her. I thought she was going to be dead. So did I. Yeah, because it's like an. Yeah, exactly. It was electric uh, wire that fell into the water. And so I thought she was dead, but no, she survived. And now she has to go stop uh, Maxwell Lord, who is just handing out wishes. Wish, wish, (laughs) wish, wish, wish. wish. He's got phenomenal cosmic (laughs) power. Exactly. (laughs) Like he really steps into it uh, and he's like yelling, like. No, I can't stop it. Like, just like, he's like, really. (laughs) No,
1: he's, yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, But then, like, she starts talking to him, but she's not really talking to him. She has the lasso of truth right around his leg, so she's broadcasting to the world. Um, Yes. But at the end, it's really about Maxwell Lord and his son, Alistair, can never forget that name with the amount of times he said it, (laughs) Um. Who he's worried about, so he decides the only way I can stop everything that's going on, nuclear war, countries going to war at each other, chaos in the streets, protecting his son, the only way he could do it is renouncing his wish, which he does, which does like a domino effect of everybody else, you know, renouncing their wishes because he it was the stone. It
1: seemed like it wasn't that way to me.
0: You don't think it was that way?
1: No, that it wasn't like cause and effect. I think it was. No, I thought that everyone was like renouncing their wish and and that's how it everything got back to normal.
0: I That's how the day was
1: saved because everyone had to renounce their wish. And it didn't matter if Pedro Pascal did it or not. Like
0: mm, he wasn't in
1: because people were renouncing their wishes like regardless. And then when he did it, it didn't reset anything. Like to me, if he renounced his wish and I everything thought... was okay, then I think everything would have like almost like reversed. But like the damage was done, like you know, people remember what happened and like
0: that's yeah, why that's I feel true. like that is true. Pe- people do remember what, everyone just what had happened. to renounce it. Interesting. Okay, so we'll we'll circle back on that. I, I okay. think you are right based on how you explained it there. So uh we reached the end. Uh I think yes. this scene was filmed like to match up with the season um you yes, know they're out and about it's <laughs> Christmas, Christmas <laughs> time yeah it's a Christmas movie now and like there's a show of hope and love that that is in the air that uh Diana comes to appreciate a little more uh after you know everything that happened with Steve Trevor and that wraps up the movie but then we stinger. get a, a little stinger in the mid-credits. Oh my God. We see a woman stop a, you know, a pole, pole like a Yeah, she stops it easily. She keeps walking and another woman's like, "I have to thank you, please." And when she turns around, it's none other than Linda, <gasps> Linda Carter. Carter! <laughs> the original Wonder Woman. Wow. Uh, she is playing she a fantastic. different role here.
1: Yes, she's playing Oh god.
0: Uh, I am trying starts to remember. A. It starts with an A and she is the warrior. That Diana talked about earlier in the movie, Our where she warrior.
1: got. She stuck she, behind and. She, she's
0: she's uh, the one with the armor originally. Yeah, she's
1: the one with the gold armor originally. They pulled all of their resources, all of their armor together to make her this one final um, armor for her to hold up the army of men that was after the Amazonians so they could make it to the Mascara safely.
0: Exactly. So that wraps up the running through the plot here. Woo! Uh, let's talk about some of the aspects of the movie. Number 1, I want I want to talk about the main concept of ha- how everything happens and it's all based on wishes.
1: Yes, I thought that was a little bizarre too. <laughs> it was weird. It was it a was weird, weird.
0: Uh it they called it the dreamstone in in the movie and basically it's and they described it as the monkey's paw which is be careful what you wish for uh type of thing where yeah. You wish for something and it'll something, take something. That's, it'll take something. In equal and measure. In equal measure, exactly. Um, I thought it was a weird way to introduce the movie, but then as the movie went along.
1: Didn't seem so bizarre after a while. Didn't seem so bizarre. I think bizarre. that it got bizarre when things got out of hand and the yes. wishes started becoming really massive.
0: Right oh we need more like nukes i wish nukes. we had more like nukes like when
1: reagan says we need more nukes i was like in what world? <laughs> like <laughs> it was it was like hyperbole right so over the top
0: so over the top um so the the concept of you know relying on the your entire plot device on someone who can grant wishes to people uh a little far fetched but then again um you know we've seen crazier stuff in comic book movies you know, uh, so, like
1: spaceworms and Avengers. That right. That's
0: what it is. It is what it is. And, um, you know, comics are right like, with all that crap.
1: Yeah. I like how this movie didn't show the god who imbued this stone with the power yeah. that it had. Yeah. Which is something that the first movie did because we saw the other god that was her brother. Yeah, or it was something? brother Aries. Her half brother yeah. Aries. Half brother, yeah. And. This movie didn't bother with showing whatever devil, because she made it sound like it was a devil. She was like, oh, he's like um, known by many names and it's, just, you know, he's a liar. That's what yeah. he does.
0: Kind of sounded like Loki in a way. A little bit the way like a some describing sort of
1: trickster, him. Yep. Uh, trickster, you know, god of lies Deceiver or something like that. Yeah. Type kind of
0: thing. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So I like that we didn't see this dude. You know? No,
0: I I think that it was not very necessary to introduce them at all. We didn't mm-hmm. need another character to look at or to right. involve ourselves with. I so had just... a
1: Lord of the Rings flashback. So when when, after Pedro Pascal becomes the stone, the stone disappears and the only the ring is left. Yes. That was like, you know, holding <laughs> that stone. And I was like, I had a Lord of the Rings moment because she looked inside on the inside yes. of this ring. And it had like the language of the gods. And I was like... <gasps> Oh my God! One ring to rule them all. <laughs> 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 oh God, it yes. was
0: great. It, so uh, overall, I think that plot device, while strange, not totally not a deal breaker. Not a I don't deal think. breaker. Yeah. Uh,
1: where did you think Gal Gadot didn't act very well? Like I want to go back to that. It was it the scene where she had oh. to say goodbye to? Him?
0: No, you know, I no no that that oh, wasn't I the thought- scene.
1: Oh okay then what what scene? I didn't think
0: it was like that scene. I think it's just like little moments where um like she has to be like serious like really serious in a moment to talk to someone and it it's not like super convincing that she's trying to like either intimidate or she's trying to um you know come off as very serious in the moment you know what i'm saying uh, no i don't
1: but it's okay, okay. that's <laughs> um i like <laughs> i like how the movie is unapologetic with how it portrays uh cat
0: yes oh which is something yes. that your brother
1: miguel brought up in the group text and i was like yes it's so accurate like it, consistently people just coming up to wonder woman and like cat calling her or saying, Hey, how are you doing? Like getting in her way. Yeah. She's standing walking. right in her yeah. way.
0: And she has to like, look past them and like the amount of like, no thank, yous no thank you. That
1: we're in. that was like, wonder woman is saying no, thank you. Like it's so good. Right. Um, she gets her cab stolen by this dude. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie. And I was like, how dare this guy steal a cab from wonder woman. So she hails the cab, the cab stops. The guy, comes up out of nowhere as if, like, the cab mysteriously stopped for him and, like, even though he didn't call for it.
0: Actually. And he goes. Not true.
1: Okay. So he goes. But. Oh, we can share. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Why doesn't he just give up the cab? (laughs) Like, he doesn't offer to give it to her. He's just like, oh, I can have it or we can have
0: it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And she's, and like, no, like, I'll, I'll she's like, no, for the next I'll wait. She's like,
1: no, I'll wait. And I'm like, yeah, you wait, I guess. Um
0: so I, I rewatched the movie and you can actually hear him say taxi before she says taxi. Ah,
1: okay, okay. So okay. like
0: he like beat her to saying it by like a second.
1: A second.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. it was nothing. But the rest of that still stands the <laughs> fact that, yeah, we we could share it. You know, like, type of thing. And there's so many moments throughout the movie where that just keeps happening. And And not just to her, it happens to... It
1: happens to uh, Cheetah. uh, Yeah. You know, Kristen Wiig's character also has major moments where she's battling, like, toxic masculinity on the street in D.C. drunk Um, dude. Drunk dude. Hey, let me help
0: you out. Because she, like, kind of stumbled in her heels. Right. Hey, let me help you out. Let me take you home, Uh, Aggressive
1: no. drunk dude who yeah. is like berating her and and harassing her and definitely had, you know, de- definitely was going to do something bad, until Wonder Woman comes out of nowhere and like saves her. So I like that. I like yeah. that she also has this moment again after she has her wish granted, and she feels powerful and feels in control,
0: and she's able of the to situation. like take. Her aggression out. That's
1: probably one of my favorite parts of the movie is when mm. she like stops running. She was gonna like run to her apartment, or I don't even know where. She was on a mission. Junka again says the same shit to her, and she stops. And he gets so close to her and like tries to touch her face, and she yeah. catches his his hands, ar- his hands, and goes no. And then he tries again. He like fights her on it, and she's like. No, <laughs> I love that part because it feels so empowering.
0: It does feel empowering. Mm-hmm. Obviously it's coming from a villain aspect because you hear she like takes the, it too far. She takes it too far. Like she, yeah. you can even hear like the theme for her, like the, I, I, I can't describe it, but it's like a quick little, like, ring, ring, ring. like uh-huh. whenever she <laughs> appears now as her new form. Um, so yeah, so maybe taking it too far, but, uh, very well deserved from that man.
1: But i very well deserved. And also I just love how Kristen Wiig plays it because they obviously give her room to act in that moment and be severe.
0: Yeah. Uh, and even just before that moment, before she starts running inside, like the guy hands her, Oh, you know, do you want anything? Coffee? Tea? Me? Me? And then she was like, I don't need anything, and she walks away. I don't
1: need anything for
0: me. And he has the gall and be like, well, you don't have to be so mean about it, and whatever. If I had a nickel. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Terrible.
1: No, yeah. I mean, it felt very much like this was directed by a woman.
0: A woman. (laughs) Yes. Who can understand (laughs) what happens on a daily basis. Oh, my God. We're at a
1: party when you're looking fierce and you're feeling great, and then- 20 dudes come out of nowhere, like...
0: Hey, oh what's man. up? Hey, what's hey, up? Hey, how you doing?
1: I understand it's Wonder Woman, but like... But still. Space.
0: Still. So <laughs> uh, uh I will, um on a different point, this movie yeah. was surprising to me a little bit because it does carry over the love story from Correct. the first movie yeah. between Steve and Diana. But this movie really leans into how... How much they're in love with each other. We we don't really get a lot in superhero so, movies.
1: no. This is rare, I think, to have a romance carryover for, between movies. Yes. Because usually Agreed. you get it in the first movie as kind of like an origin, like, and yeah. then it gets dropped off in favor of more...
0: More action, more fighting. More
1: action, more explosions, more superhero politics, and what have you. Um, this movie is like, we can't let go of Steve. No. (laughs) He's so great. How could she forget him? It's the love of her life, and she has the lives of generations to to live. So it's, um, it's interesting. I personally am okay with it. I'm not 100 on it because, you know, how can one person still be, like, hung up so much to wish for them to be alive again? Yeah, okay, In an Fair earnest enough. way, and then, you know, kind of shirk her responsibility that she feels since she was a child has had yeah. to protect and serve, essentially.
0: I think it's one of those things where she has been able to protect and serve for so many years. It's been decades now, right?
1: I like when she says, why can't I have this one One thing.
0: thing. Thank you. Yeah. That's exactly where I was going. Where she – it's something that she has wanted. Obviously, she doesn't speak about it. There's no one to really talk to her about it. Yeah. This is something that she just has to live with. She's like, I will go and I will save the day. But the thing that I've always wanted is now here in front of me. It's it's here. Like right. I can have it and now you're telling me that I'm going to have to give it up? Like right. no. Yeah, why, why do I have to give up this one thing I wanted? It's devastating. It is devastating. Um, I think that I'm more like,
1: I kind of draw the line with her being still in love with Steve to that point. Because I feel like when somebody loses like a husband or a wife, like a spouse, partner, whatever, Mm -hmm. there is a mourning period. And there is a sense of, I would love to have them back. But at the same time, you move on with your life and you develop a sense of like, they're gone, and I, I accept that. Like, there's no reason for you to sit there with a dreamstone and say, "I, I wish so and so was back." Like, that's my one wish.
0: So, if we're looking at it super logically, so that look, they've on, they little, only knew oh each oh other God. for so long in exactly, the first movie, and
1: they only knew each other for days.
0: True. Yes. Maybe days? Yes, I will give you that. Days. So
1: for her to live so long without Steve, right. and then know him for a few days, and then what is it, it, 70 years later, she's still hung up on Steve. I mean, that's why I'm a little bit like, I don't know, they weren't married for 60 years.
0: Right, <laughs> I, <Exactly>. I
1: mean. <laughs> no, no, so, I
0: understand. that. This is the logical view of it. Uh, I, I, I get totally it, and I, I feel you.
1: like I'm, sometimes I'm like an uber romantic, and then other times I'm... Crazy realist. And in this case, I feel a little bit of both. I'm pulling both ways because I love how she's still like, I ask for nothing. This is the one thing that I want. Right. And I can't, you're telling me I can't have it. Like at the risk of the world collapsing because right. I am the only person who can, who can set things right.
0: Uh, just a quick side question here. Hmm. Do you think in all that time she never like... At all with anyone?
1: No, no, no. Never?
0: Like no one? No. Mm, I don't know.
1: Come on.
0: I think she may have like met guys, maybe tried, but then nothing happened because it was just like, shit, this guy's nothing like Steve or nothing close to Steve. Yeah. Is what I'm guessing. That's what I'm guessing.
1: He's on a pedestal. How could she ever So any guy who
0: comes around, maybe she'll go on a date here and there. Just to like see. No
1: way. You, have you don't a totally think so? Different view of than you don't. You don't
0: think she even goes on a date? Like, over, throughout that entire time,
1: no. from
0: World War One all the way to 1984.
1: She wouldn't even share a cab with that pool. No. Well,
0: I think that comes over time, though. I think. I think she. Here, okay. Let me let me go back. Okay. In my head. Steve is the first man she interacts with ever. Correct. Ever. Yes.
1: Ever. He literally lands. In her yeah. island, In, on
0: her island, yeah. Uh, I obviously there's the pedestal there of him of being the first man, first sexual encounter as well with a man. Uh, I don't
1: even know why we're talking about this. No, what I'm saying I is, I just so.
0: have the question: Do you think she ever dated after Steve? died. This is
1: like the same question as do you ever think, do you think Dumbledore fucked? Like, do you know? And it's like, the <laughs> sa- it feels the same way. Like, why are we asking way. this question?
0: Ah. No, it's <laughs> just the question that I had. Uh, because, like, it, she is so enraptured with Steve Yes. that was there ever a point in time where anyone I look anyone at
1: her like I look at my too. 87-year-old grandmother who insists that like her, my grandfather was the love of her life, el amor de mi vida, and when she would never, like, You know, she's now shut down for business. (laughs) That's how I feel about Wonder Woman and Steve. Okay. Even though she knew Steve for three days or whatever. Right.
0: Well, I mean, we do have some flirtation in like Justice League with Bruce Wayne. So, but that is after 1984 anyway. So they're kind of tying that in. Some
1: 30 years later. Yeah, I know, right?
0: Alright, so I, I wanted to say that with that plot, with a bit of the hamminess that we get from Pedro Pascal's character, uh-huh. uh, this movie really is influenced heavily by Superman. And I mean Superman from 1978 with <gasps> oh. with uh, Christopher Reeves and uh, um, Gene Hackman playing <gasps> Lex Luthor. Oh, That influence there of you know, it's a hero who just stands for hope, who stands for what's true. You know, uh, Superman always had the slogan of truth, justice, and the American way. You know, <laughs> right. and this movie does have a lot of that going for it. That's number one. Number two, I think the romance between the leads is is like put front and center. So you have Steve and Diana, who like you know are so passionate with each other. It kind of reminds me of the way they portrayed uh, Lois and Clark in in that movie and Mm -hmm. how she became so enraptured with him with Superman and the way it went the other way where Superman became so enraptured with Lois. Um, And they even have, which I believe is one of the greatest pieces of music ever, (laughs) is uh, John Williams' love theme for Superman. I love that theme so much. It's gorgeous. And it does take place during a scene that's kind of divisive for people, but I think it's just a magical scene where he takes her up to fly for the first time. You know, he takes her up to fly and, you know, she's having these thoughts in her head. Uh, And, you know, there's a lot of similarities here where they go up in the jet and i talk about diana and steve they go up to the jet and she is mystified. Did we get the jet <laughs> yes we get the invisible jet and like she's like trying to make it disappear um and we get like that similar type of feeling where he's taking her you know through the air and she's so <laughs> astonished with it like she still can't can't get the hang of like flight it's something i can never you know comprehend or never like attain so And then of course the hammy villain, you know, over the top Gene Hackman versus Pedro Pascal. Like this movie really wears its Superman influence on its sleeve. Like it's so evident, and I think that's a good thing. I, I I don't see where that's the bad thing. Yeah, where people are saying like this movie sucks and it's campy. Sure, fine. (laughs) Like it's campy, but like it's filled with a hero who is hopeful who. Who is striving to do good, like wants to do good. Right. And is not jaded by stuff. Sure, she's jaded by men, like men Mm kind of suck and always catcalling her, but she's not jaded with doing the job. She she wants to help and protect people. And you even see it when in the White House scene, when Barbara starts attacking people, like she is like purposely trying to. Like catch people, yeah, you know, she's save people, saving
1: people's lives because she Barbara's going wild, no pun intended, in the White House and just flinging people left and right, you and know, then no it, regard to human life, no
0: regard at all. At one moment, you see Wonder Woman with her lasso, like throw a chair so like the one of the security guards lands in it so he doesn't yeah. go crashing into a wall. Um, so I think there's something great about that. Like there's something great about having a hero. Who wants to be a light? Wants to be a beacon. She's an, wants to
1: incorruptible. be
0: incorruptible. Yeah, and you know we we live in this world, and my this brother. is the
1: only way that she could be corrupted. Yeah, because she was looking back. She constantly was constantly looking back at her constantly past looking back and dwelling on Steve. So she was looking back, just like in childhood, missed what was in front of her, didn't get the villain in time, what have you.
0: There, there you, you go. go. There you go. Her
1: fatal flaw. That's the whole point of that. um, That flashback. Yeah. Is, Is, you
0: know, not looking ahead, not looking what's in front of you, which is the goal, looking back concerned with what's behind you.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. I I couldn't have said it better myself. Yep. (laughs) So I think, do you have any other thoughts on Wonder Woman? Oh, well, let me ask you uh, did you have a favorite scene, a favorite moment uh, throughout the movie? Because I really enjoy the jet scene when they're like... Jet
1: scene's pretty. I think it's like a trailer scene to me.
0: Gotcha. Fair enough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I do like that, but... Uh, I think I
1: really like that scene with Kristen Wiig and the, the drunk man.
0: Mm, okay. I
1: don't know why that very
0: much that speaks really to That really resonated with yeah. you.
1: That yeah. Yeah, really I don't resonated
0: know. resonated with you. Uh, so yeah, Though I, I think... The, With that said, I think... Oh, no,
1: there was some more, right? No? That we wanted to talk about because people were berating this movie for how it portrayed cultures.
0: Oh, okay. So, yes. Like, this movie does have a bit of an issue with how it portrays cultures. Specifically, Middle Eastern ones. Yes. Uh, Yeah. um, It doesn't cast it in a great light because it always... Whenever the Middle East is brought up, it's always brought up in in several connotations. Usually, it's you know fighting over territory of land. Um, another version of it is showing only the poor aspects of a country. So, like for example, in this movie, oh, the citizens have been cut off from the poor citizens have right? been cut off from
1: their water supply. From their
0: water supply, and then when the you know when all the dream, I'm sorry, all the wishes get reversed. Like, you see them, like, they're finally getting water from the river, and it, you know, these poor people. You don't see a super positive representation of Middle Eastern culture. Uh, you don't. What I what I was surprised is the fact that uh, that centerpiece there takes place in the Middle East, and there is such a divide amongst people in that country and having an Israeli woman.
1: I was going to say, like Wonder Woman's
0: Israeli. And Palestinians are not very happy about that. And, uh, this movie gets pretty close to, I mean, they're in
1: Egypt. They're
0: in Egypt. They're in Egypt. Uh, but. Which is Africa. Right. No, no, I understand that part. Uh, but the fact that they try they basically treat that area all the same, yeah, you know the Middle East,
1: it's kind of treated like a one kind of blob,
0: yeah, like, oh, this is how it is. It's all sand, it's all people, okay, so you know, here's the thing. I don't
1: think that Patty Jenkins set out to create an Egypt that was full of poverty and an oil no. tycoon that was sitting in the middle of it that thought his ancestral lands were being taken from him and all this stuff. I really don't feel like that's the point of the whole thing.
0: No. No, it's
1: not. Um, so, and also, uh, were there oil tycoons in the 80s that came from a really great lineage or what have you, and probably owned lots of land in the Middle East and Egypt? Sure. I think (laughs) I wouldn't put it back. Yeah. So, you know. I think it was simplified, if anything. It was. For the sake of, like, Wonder Woman is going to go save the day in Egypt and catch up to Pedro Pascal's character. Is she going to go to, like, is she going to go to a wealthy part where, like, there's no kids playing in the street with, like, a shitty soccer ball? Like, no.
0: No, no, exactly.
1: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? She is
0: there usually to save the day. And in a lot of cases, where you have to save is usually not in the best parts. I don't think they were going to show or- a
1: metropolis in the middle right. East. So
0: yeah, that's true.
1: I think the only thing that I would take offenses is, is the, the announcer, the newscaster in the movie said, Oh, the poor people are cut off from the water supply. I'm like, okay, poor people look like anybody that was on the road at that point right. is now cut off from the water supply not necessarily the poor people. So then that's the only line that I'm like, mm, I could have you should have edited that or maybe yeah, you could, have said, could have said Yeah, we could have taken that out. Yeah.
0: So but, uh one one more thing I wanted to bring up uh so this movie takes place in 1984 and a surprising surprising lack of 80s music.
1: Yes, they did not go the that route with no. it. No. They didn't go the Stranger Things route for it
0: at no, all. No, they didn't no they didn't um i think i personally kind of missed that only because when you, when you put the title of the movie 1984 right i guess it comes with a, a type of expectation like oh we're going to dive into the pop culture of it right. you know but we don't we don't get any of that Not really. really we there get like the fashion any.
1: yeah i almost wish um actually my sister was the one that said this she was like i wish the fanny pack came came back Came into play. Like maybe Steve Trevor was wearing the fanny pack and he like put something in the fanny pack and right. like ticks it out to save somebody or do something. Yeah. And like, I agree with her. <laughs> I think the fanny pack- He just pack, wears it because he, he likes it. He just wears it and it's like a one note joke, but it could have been like a callback. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. could have been a running gag. the. It
0: could have. It could have been a running the,
1: gag.
0: <laughs> like he could have just been pulling stuff out from the fanny right. pack like- Hey, I yeah. I have this. Exactly. You
1: know? Exactly. Like random shit in the fanny pack.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I would say my biggest problem with the movie is that when she goes to see the really weird Mayan dude. Yeah. And he has this like history book of the Mayans written in his language. The old yes. Mayan language. She makes it sound like every civilization, major civilization in history was taken down by this stone. Right. I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like that. I feel like that that diminishes history as a whole because it's like, oh, this one thing is governing like the rise and fall of civilizations. And it's like, nah, man. Right. It just (laughs) happened. So I didn't like how it was all there
0: I think the the biggest sin of this movie is that it's too long
1: I would I, cut some time from it yeah, yeah. It could stand to be shortened the mall sequence felt like it would they went all in on the mall sequence of right the beginning.
0: it was a little too long
1: and I feel like Wonder Woman shouldn't have taken so long to get all those dudes like no. it just took too long I get you
0: you have to reintroduce Wonder Woman I get it because that's the first time they really show her in the get up at all in the movie so you kind of have to like reintroduce in a way uh but i think that if you trim like here there here there here there you you cut 20 minutes from that movie and it works it works the same like they have this
1: beautiful sequence of her learning how to fly and kind of mourning steve again and then she has to go all the way back home to her apartment to pick up the golden armor (laughs) that she has there in order to fight Pedro Pascal in that bunker where he's broadcasting. And I'm like, <laughs> why, where was she flying to? Was she flying? Like how fast she did just, she fly? She was just flying yeah. around DC, like tri-state area. Pretty much. And, and then she goes home. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> it was weird. Cause I thought she was making progress heading towards Pedro Pascal.
0: But no, no, but she was no, just like, she, no, I got to <laughs> practice first.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, this is like practice.
0: <laughs> so, uh, before we wrap up 1984, uh, what did you give the movie? I didn't ask. You.
1: I ended up giving it a four out of five.
0: A four out of five.
1: Yeah, nice. same as what I
0: gave the original Wonder Woman. Gotcha. I gave it a three and I a half. I gave it a three. I feel that too. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> um, I think it was people, very enjoyable. I think people are going to be surprised. Oh, Put no, that. I'm sure. And I just
1: feel like it was rewatchable. That's a major thing for me Yeah, is, is I feel like this Wonder Woman is really rewatchable and I feel like the World War One bits get really taxing after a while. So that's why I don't. And then the third act is trash. So I don't watch the first Wonder Woman like ever, even if it's mm-hmm. on or whatever. Never watch it, but this one I got to watch it twice, and I was f- perfectly fine with it. I had a great time watching it. yeah,
0: I will say I don't think that any scene in this movie matches the no man land no man's land correct from the there first was one.
1: no no man's land no. moment in this movie no
0: there there isn't, and it's kind of hard because like no man's land is actually like a high quality just like a momentous moment in a movie that you know lives on uh so yeah it's kind of hard to live up to that so but overall I don't think they could have I don't think uh, they could have but overall those are our thoughts on Wonder Woman 1984 uh hopefully you enjoyed the movie and if you didn't let us know on social media <laughs> at Always Critic Pod on Instagram Twitter and Facebook <laughs> Now that we've gotten Wonder Woman out of the way, uh, there's another movie that came out. This time it was only on streaming after it was supposed to be released in theaters, of course. And we are talking about Disney Pixar's Soul. Uh, this is a movie directed by Pete Docter and co-directed by Kemp Powers. Um, there's a reason why there, and it's because Kemp Powers is black, Pete Docter is white. This movie is a movie that does centralize around a black figure. Uh, it was written by Pete Doctor, Mike Jones, and Ken Powers, and it stars a host of people uh, Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Amir Khalid Thompson, who is Quest Love from the Roots, uh, oh. Felicia Rashad, David Diggs, Richard Ayote, and.
1: Who and... is Diggs? Was he the barber?
0: Uh, yes.
1: Uh, oh. He
0: plays the barber, Paul.
1: Okay, okay. Paul was
0: the barber, right? Paul? Ooh. I believe Don't quote. so.
1: Don't quote
0: me. Don't quote me either. And Angela Bassett, who plays Dorothy Williams.
1: Uh Aha! I was wondering who that was. The voice was very, yeah, yeah, yeah. the
0: voice is very familiar. Uh, So how did box office, or actually, how did critics No box office. Yeah, there's no box office.
1: Critics really love that it's sitting at a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes on the audience score is at a 90%. Still super high, certified fresh. Critics consensus is a film as beautiful to contemplate as it is to behold. Soul proves Pixar's power to deliver outstanding all-ages entertainment remains
0: undimmed. So, yeah. now, let's go ahead and let's talk about this movie. Uh, there's, uh, I think there's quite a bit to talk about.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: So, first off, how, what'd you think of the movie itself? Didn't like it. Didn't like it?
1: Okay. Did not like it. Didn't like it. I was fully expecting to be blown away. It's a Pixar movie. It has a reputation for high caliber movies. I was expecting a children's movie at least and to be an emotional wreck by the end of it. I was not an emotional wreck. It is actually not really a kid's movie. It's more for adults. I do not want to have an existential crisis in the middle of this movie. That's what this movie wants you to have is an existential crisis and to think about your life and what you're living for and your purpose and your calling and all that shit. Um... I really, really, really liked anything that the movie had to do with his time on earth, his time playing jazz, the jazz bar, um, going to the barbershop, having the heart-to-heart with his mother. All of that was very vibrant to me. I could touch it. I could feel it. It was extremely Um, compelling to me. I wanted to watch more of it. Instead, it took you to this great beyond uh, not religious in any way, safe ground kind of afterlife slash before life, where souls are just blobs, like gelatinous looking blobs, and they're cared for by line art. I did not like that at all. I thought it was really contrived and almost boring compared to the other stuff where it was New York in the fall. Like (laughs) it was beautiful. You had the jazz music. The score did nothing for me. I thought they were going to lean into the jazz for most of the score. They didn't really. Um, I was pretty much disappointed. I didn't feel like Tina Fey's character needed to be in there at all. 22
0: at all. Thank you. you. I was like, why is she
1: here? It's not her. I thought this was about his soul, not her soul. So it it was disappointing on many fronts for me.
0: You are really just laying out a lot of the issues that i have with this movie.
1: Oh, did you like it? You didn't like it.
0: I i i liked it. Right? I, I didn't love it. No, it. And it's it's most likely middle of the tier pixar. I think it's low tier mm. pixar. I, I would have to look at it again. The thing
1: of him and his soul and and him in New York, and him living and trying to work it out versus this like Freaky Friday thing that they tried halfway through the movie. I I want God to talk about that.
0: I want to talk about that. We'll we'll, ta- we'll talk about oh. that. But uh, I think overall, again, I I echo your sentiments about the time on Earth is the time that I care about the most in this yes. movie. I don't I don't know if it's because you know uh, as an as an adult now maybe right. i just don't care about like animated stuff as you know as i did before but i don't even think that's the case because no
1: i don't think so either because i there, love animated stuff
0: right so do i and there's things that other pixar movies have done that you know can be considered as for like children inside but,
1: out oh has god another yes. kind of very con- like high concept um premise i have no problems with inside out it's not my favorite but i don't Loathe it like I do, soul, and I have yeah. all these qualms with soul. Like, I do not have the same issues with Inside Out, which is doing very similar things. I feel like they sidestepped the whole religion thing. I'm like, everyone,
0: ha- <laughs> yeah, they really sidestepped they that totally one. They totally sidestepped like, that. And uh, just like, we're not gonna, he goes, Is this
1: change. heaven? And they're like, eh, Not really, like, you know, it's whatever. And they gave like an acronym for it. And I'm like, Who are you trying to kid here? Like,
0: right. And then they start calling it the great before. The great before before you go down to earth. Uh, as overall, I think that the movie relies too much on the all the blob stuff of being in the great before, and you know, trying to reconcile with what happened to him, what happened to uh, Jamie Fox's character versus. What's going on with Tina Fey's character, which is a blob who doesn't want to go to Earth. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this movie has problems. She
1: doesn't see the point in living and so has lived thousands of years in the great before.
0: before. Doesn't want to go. Doesn't want to go. So, you know what? Let's get into spoilers. I, I need to talk more about what I really had a problem with in this movie and I can't do it without spoiling it. Okay. So- With that said, let's go ahead and let's talk about spoilers for Soul. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled.
1: Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box?
0: Okay, so real quick uh, to run through the plot really fast. We meet our main character. Uh, Why am I blanking on his name now? Uh, But he is uh, voiced by Jamie Foxx.
1: Right. I just think of it as Jamie Foxx. Yeah, so do I, right?
0: (laughs) Exactly. Um, He is a jazz musician who is a middle school teacher waiting for his big break, trying Mm -hmm. to get his big break. So Mm -hmm. when an opportunity comes, he gets to meet Dorothy Williams, who's this incredible saxophone player. And he has an opportunity to become part of the quartet. And just as he becomes part of the quartet, he falls in a manhole, dies, and his soul goes up to a, what is not an heaven. escalator, <laughs> an escalator uh, in the a, galaxy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And he's not ready to die. You know, he's he, not ready he,
1: to go into the great light, the great beyond.
0: Exactly. So uh, his character, Joe, uh, his soul kind of like escapes that and gets to this other part of this weird place called the Great Before, which is where souls become what they are. You know, they get put through, OK, these souls are going to be self-absorbed. These are going to be shy and
1: <laughs> stuff like be that.
0: Aloof. Right. And so there is where we meet uh, Twenty Two. Uh, This is a soul that does not want to go to earth. Doesn't see the point of going to earth has not gotten their spark is what they call it for souls to go down to earth and begin their life there. Right. Uh, Joe has been assigned to her through a mix up as the mentor, uh, but he's really just trying to get back down to earth. So with some help from this hippie soul, uh, apparently, there's another zone of of I the can't. great beyond called in the zone. When when <laughs> you lose yourself, like you're playing music or you're playing basketball or anything like that, when you're in the zone, you're in this separate area you that have kind ascended of
1: ascended to another to like, stratosphere. Right. of this great
0: dimension. Exactly. And it's through there that they they're able to get back down to Earth. But here's the accident that happens is that 22 and Joe get down to Earth in reverse bodies. So now Joe is inside of a cat, and 22 is inside of Joe. Here's the problem that I have, but I'll, I'll come I'll circle back. Okay. Um through the day we learn, you know, Joe maybe isn't quite as, you know, thought of the way he wanted to be. Uh, he learns about other people's experiences because his all his mind is about jazz, jazz, jazz. He doesn't really, like, interact with people more than just that. You know, he, he begins to learn through 22, you know, there's more to appreciate. There's more to really uh, look out for other people. Uh, then finally comes the moment where... Uh, It's about to be another big break, but then 22 doesn't want to leave. And then they both get dragged out to the great beyond. So then 22 is able to get back because Joe decides to make the sacrificial move. Like you, you need to explore your life. You found your spark. You need to go.
1: Right. He took her earth card.
0: Right. Sticker. But then Uh, realized that she needed it more. Right. Right. So then she gets it, she leaves. When he gets back to the great beyond, they give him another opportunity. You See, know? They're
1: like, oh, for doing such a good deed for number 22, because she's maybe the 22nd soul that I ever went through there. Yes. Um, They give him a second chance at life they and give they him allow a him go, to go back.
0: And he's able to uh, change basically his life. Like, even though he plays in the quartet, it's not what he wants. And he. Aspires to something different, pretty much. And yeah, that's pretty much where the movie ends. Um, okay, here's my biggest problem with this movie. The biggest problem with this movie is <laughs> that there it's a body switch and they have the black protagonist no longer in the black protagonist's body. That's it is your now biggest a, issue. It's a white woman now. Uh, and She takes over his life and it's just like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. So we are going to take the main person, the the star or, you know, the protagonist of the movie, and he's not even going to be able to come back into his own body. He has to get an experience and learn from it from a white lady. Like it's Tina Fey's voice. That's
1: why. Okay, so um, here's my thing. I don't give a shit about the racial implications. Okay, you I don't, really don't. You don't
0: care about that one. Okay.
1: No. If you find fault in it, fine. That's your issue with the movie. There's many issues with the movie. Right. I find fault with why does he even need to have more of an experience in a cat's body with, you know, watching from the sidelines as he has, another person has a heart to heart with his mother. Yes. And. I agree with that.
0: Like, why does he have to be? Yeah, why does he have to be on the side? He, yeah, he gets turned into a side character.
1: He gets sidelined in his own freaking movie.
0: Yeah, in his own body. Like in he's his own not even. Body, he's like, not in control of his own body. You no. know, they <laughs> they allow someone else to control his body for all these moment momentous moments. Yeah, like, of like learning. Um,
1: right. So having and a real conversation annoying. with his barber when. T- Finding out more about his life and not talking about jazz for a hot minute is, like, a learning experience, apparently. Um, Yeah, I don't think he needed to be convinced that he needs to live differently.
0: No, no. And especially, (laughs) it's not because, like, he's, like, this, like, asshole. No, he's not like a villainous
1: evil character. He's a teacher and they never lean into the teacher aspect of it at all. I thought that maybe the lesson would be you may not find fulfillment in playing jazz in this quartet. Maybe you find fulfillment in being a teacher and, you know, training up this new generation to be better than you are jazz musicians have a passion have go into the zone or whatever it is um in the same way that you do and pass on that knowledge and passion in that way maybe that's what your spark is versus just jazz in general and playing for an audience that's they where never i thought lean into where it
0: was going to they
1: don't go that route at all
0: no they don't
1: and they even have a student visit <laughs> Yeah. I was like ready to give up jazz, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh no, she's fine. She's great. She loves it." Like it all—all the makings,
0: it held all the makings of that's where it was going to go. Like um, the inspiration is not you looking for inspiration; you are the inspiration, right. for others. Exactly. I thought that too. Even the fact that the drummer of the quartet played by was Questlove, a former student. former student, and yeah. you know, like I thought that's where they were going to go, and no, that's not where they go. No. Like, they kind of just end the movie after he basically gets 22 to realize, like, you should live. Like, that's the inspiration. Life is worth living. (laughs) That's it. And so another thing about this movie is that, again, it's another part of the racial aspect thing, is that the character is changed into a different person or a different Being completely, yeah, uh, for a lot of the runtime, so oh, that uh, but
1: that's a common people were talking about that even as soon as it came out, right, is yeah. that it's falling into common patterns for movies with black protagonists is like same thing happens in Princess and the Frog,
0: yep, as well, yes, um, there's actually a, a article. Uh, that was written by an Andrew Tejada, who called it uh, "Representation Without Transformation." Can Hollywood stop changing cartoon characters of color? And so <laughs> he brought up the example right. of Princess and the Frog. He brought up the example of uh, that spy movie with um, what's the name? Will Smith. Um Smith. Spies in Disguise, where basically he gets turned into <gasps> a pigeon.
1: Oh right, he gets turned into a pigeon.
0: Gets turned into a pigeon. <laughs> uh so and he even decides to talk about some of the other stuff, like uh Miguel in Coco, which he turns into a skeleton. So like he doesn't even like he taps into his heritage, but he doesn't actually be himself for part of the movie. Uh, Or even another example that he really brought up was uh, Brother Bear. He said that it breaks all established records uh, when an Inuit boy uh, named Kanai turns into a bear at the 16-minute mark of the movie. And after wandering (laughs) the wild for 53 minutes, chooses to become a bear permanently. Uh, What?
1: You spoiled that movie for me because I've never watched it oh, before. <laughs> sorry. Sorry <laughs> oh, man. about that. Okay. Uh, but, like, All right. these
0: are movies where we don't actually see them for a long period of time in the movie as we are presented with them at the beginning.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Like, uh huh. Like Princess and the Frog, uh, she gets turned into a frog 30 minutes in the movie. The movie runs for 138 minutes, including the credits. So you spend less than half an hour as Tiana appearing as a black woman, mm. you know? Uh, in this movie, it's not so bad. It's it's a little more generous, but it's still... Even though we see a black person, it's not really him. It's it's Tina Fey voicing him, you know? Uh, and then, of course, there's all the stuff with The Great Beyond or The Great Before or whatever, where he's just a blob with a, with a hat, you know? And so... It's pretty annoying seeing that, you know. I so here's my ideal of this movie: spend a whole lot more time on Earth. Number one,
1: that's what my thing is. Is like forget this great beyond stuff. I it's get really that they're not trying to appeal.
0: Great. No, it's not, and they're it's trying to appeal to kids. I get it; they're trying to appeal to kids. Are like, they
1: really? I f- I don't I think this so. I think they near a kids movie. No, it's
0: not. It's 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 poorly marketed. If it's a kids movie. <laughs> uh because everything is dealing about the existential part of life <laughs> exactly. are you living the life worth living yes. you know <laughs> was your life worth it if you died you know yes like that's what this movie is really tackling and it's it's a very interesting concept don't get me wrong i i enjoy and you know don't mind thinking about
1: that my sister said it best when she f- we finished the movie and we were all like oh and she goes this would have been so much better as a short mm If this was a Pixar short, this would be an amazing Pixar short.
0: Yes. Oh, that's... See, that speaks volumes of the movie.
1: If you took out Tina Fey's character and made this a Pixar short, it would be winning Oscars. (laughs) This is not... Not there. I just don't think that it's got wings. It's really... Falls so flat for me.
0: It, It does. And look, I... I want to give at least credit that they they want to talk or they want to discuss and want to talk about like these these thoughts these these things that are not easy to have discussions about like you know are you doing everything in your life to the full max are you enjoying <laughs> life are you are you taking advantage of life
1: yeah but you know? uh, you it's know, an carpe, it, I can get carpe diem from Dead Poets Society. Right. That doesn't mean I have to watch a freaking Pixar movie that, like, makes me feel bad about myself.
0: It does do that. It does. Yes. Because it, it really just makes you think, like, look, Joe's life is fine. Joe's life of being a teacher and aspiring to be a jazz musician is nothing bad. But the way the movie portrays it makes it feel like, wow, you really did nothing with your life. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> if I the way
1: I be, I'd be... Upset that I did didn't fulfill my dream,
0: right? So, it's it's one of those things where I I I found myself getting pulled out of the movie multiple times. Yeah, anytime I wanted to like dive in to like, man, I really wish that this movie spent more time like just and it's not because it's New York, but just on Earth, just yeah. like showing us you know what it's like to live. With that aspiration, you know, mm-hmm. you know, what is it like to really go after something?
1: Did we only it, get glimpses of it and it's in that hall of, hall of his life or hall something? Hall of his
0: life or hall of memories or something like that. Like the
1: first time he went to a jazz show and he yeah. was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I wanted to that, see more of that. that moment. I want to see it. I want to touch it. Like it's, it's a moment that people are familiar with, like where you're just blown away. You know, this is a movie podcast. Like the first time you went to go see a movie, and you're just taking, you're just, you're taken aback. Yeah, yeah. So that moment for him is in with the jazz club and being with his father and man, like the hall of life should just be the movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really taking us on a journey of him enjoying life
1: because we come in at the end of his life. It is extremely ab- abrupt when he dies. Yes, it is. And then you're thrown into this like w- world
0: that Afterworld. you don't care
1: about. Yeah, it has yeah, no, no I for you. I could
0: care less.
1: Could care less about it.
0: About anything happening on that whole existential plane that they're and trying to. I don't to care support. how
1: clever you make it. How many like filing cabinet, millions of filing cl- cabinets are in there that the counting dude has to go through to find the one soul that's missing, like. I don't care how cute you get with it. Like, it doesn't work.
0: No, it doesn't. Uh, and it's a shame because this is a movie that I was kind of looking forward to.
1: So was I.
0: Just because of the concept. The concept was interesting. You know, a man who invests his life into jazz and, you know, what? what is his of that life? What makes that life? Or. You know, and the way they they kind of like did it was soul. You know, like because yeah, yeah. because jazz, of the music,
1: and then the you know his soul yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people will have that, you know, connection point where people, when they say, you know, that music has some soul in it. You know, there's like a connotation of like you know we're talking about jazz or we're talking about blues, we're talking about things that have a passion behind them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, I I was ready to dive into that. You know, and the, I, was, I was
1: looking forward to the music as well. Like I said, the music yeah. was not there.
0: Only in moments. Only in moments. Only in here moments
1: there. where he's playing jazz or listening to jazz and playing the piano and.
0: Right, I should like, give. There it is. Yeah, That's exactly. What it's there. I, came for. <laughs> I, I should give credit. It's uh, the music. The jazz moments, at least, uh, were done by Jean Baptiste, who is the lead. <gasps> Uh, piano player for the Stephen Colbert band, but also an incredible jazz musician. Mm. Uh, so a lot of the piano playing and everything comes from him. Uh yeah, I really wanted to like this movie. I wanted, I wanted to, to
1: like it. I and wanted I, to. You know what? I'm um, When I don't like something, I don't like something.
0: No, I know. You are very headstrong <laughs> there. You are steadfast. When you don't like something, you don't like it. Um so when I when I look at where this movie stands among Pixar, uh I was just looking at the list earlier of all the Pixar movies I've seen and yeah, it's like middle, Whoa. slightly low. I will
1: never watch this movie again.
0: <laughs> and that's a shame. I I really <laughs> thought they had a good premise. They had an interesting premise.
1: It's exciting and, when a Pixar movie comes out. Yes. It is. Even this is disappointing
0: yeah man uh
1: they missed it so hard
0: they really did they, they really did it so hard and I, and I don't it's know a how good they do
1: character the thing is it's it. i like the character the jb fox voices yes yes i was I, ready to watch him nope they didn't
0: Nope. they didn't, didn't do even.
1: it didn't bother
0: but again my again my biggest problem is you know, he doesn't get to live his body.
1: Why are we body swapping? I don't why? understand. Why yeah.
0: the body swap?
1: Why are we body swapping? Why is he in the body of a cat? This is the only part of like this movie that I'm like, why is this catering to kids all of a sudden? They were just giving people personalities, like, aloof.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Like, this is not a kid's movie.
0: <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> oh, no, it's not. It's not a kid's movie. Uh, but they they really tried to just like squeeze in aspects to make it a kids movie really because but man do you think is this just a one time thing that this has happened where you went into a Pixar movie like and it just completely missed the mark for you Toy Story 4 Toy Story 4 so that's two in a row right with oh Pixar? yeah, maybe
1: two in a row. Yeah,
0: that's two in a row because even like The Incredibles 2, I had fun with it. Like I enjoyed it.
1: So did you I. Had had fun with it. I wouldn't. Re- I wouldn't rewatch it, but I had way more fun with it. Right. And so it's hmm. nowhere near.
0: <laughs> I wonder if nowhere near soul. I wonder if it's us or if it's, uh, just maybe we're just kind of like stepping out of that, you know. <laughs> What Pixar know. is trying to aim for? I don't know. I don't know. Uh,
1: I don't know, but um, I don't get that ninety something percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Mm, I really no. don't. No, 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 no. Uh, I I have placed it on here in in my in my list of Pixar. I did a, a list of Pixar. Of course, um, you did. <laughs> the The only the ones that I'm missing are um, Cars two and three.
1: Okay, and, well.
0: and and Wally. I've never. I still have not <gasps> seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wally is
1: delightful. Yeah, I, know. You I know.
0: Have to watch
1: Wally. I know. I have to it's watch. It's easily Wally. accessible now. With Disney Plus.
0: I know. I could just walk in and just like, or sit down on my couch and you just can watch just it. Fix yes.
1: Fix that blind spot so fast. I
0: can. You are right about that. Um, but with that said, I currently have it sitting a uh, soul. And number eleven out of the sixteen Pixar movies I've seen. So
1: what do you yeah. have after it?
0: Uh, Monsters University. Oh, I've
1: never seen uh, Monsters. U.
0: Finding Dory, uh, uh, A Bug's Life, Brave, what? and Cars.
1: A Bug's Life is way better than Soul. <laughs> I, I just to, rewatched A Bug's Life. As a matter of fact, I so, didn't
0: really like A Bug's Life. So uh, what? That, that's a thing for me. Yeah, I didn't really like it.
1: Oh, no. Yeah.
0: But oh, no. Again. Again. Oh, uh, Yeah, no. The, the, but it's low. Your it's point low. is it's low. It's, the, the point is it's low, and I wish it would have been better. And to think, this movie came from the same director as Inside Out, so he is playing with like these deeper things.
1: Abstract concepts. Yeah,
0: like concepts of your emotions reacting or controlling you. And going haywire, you know, as you're growing older. Uh, and then hear the aspect of aspirations and dreams and, you know, what you're doing with your life. but Talents,
1: abilities. Yes. Passions.
0: Whiffed. whiffed oh
1: my gosh. Whiffed. Get out.
0: Get out of town. Um, so, do you have anything else about... So because no, we better,
1: really
0: kind of trashed this movie too.
1: We did, and I think I read somewhere that they had had to bring in like Kemp Powers <laughs> because it was the movie was in really rough shape or something, and he had to be brought in to like bring it back on track. So if mm. this is back on track, I am so sorry. Like, mm. I'm sorry
0: didn't work out. Um, stink face for me, that's uh, not good. Not good at all. And
1: that's not to say the movie isn't beautiful and beautifully animated. Right, no, yeah.
0: Like, they they live up to the standard of how a movie looks and how beautiful it can be portrayed and stuff like that. Um, But at the end of the day, what did you give the movie? I think I gave it a 2 out of 5. A 2 out of 5. I gave it a 3. I was more generous, for sure. Maybe?
1: No, I think I gave it a 2 out of (laughs) 5.
0: Yeah, but... Maybe a 3
1: out of 5, but I... I wanna give it a two out of five after talking with
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so It was th- a mess. Yeah, I think I think we're we got nothing else to say on
1: No, let's quit while it. we're ahead. Picture's gonna come after us. Yeah,
0: this is <laughs> you know, they're gonna cancel our Disney Plus subscription and everything. <laughs> uh, so with that said, uh, those are our thoughts on the two movies of the weekend, which were Wonder Woman nineteen eighty-four and soul. Uh, if you have thoughts on either one of those movies, or if you have thoughts on what we thought on the movie, <laughs> uh, let us know at Always Critic Pod. That's at Always Critic Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, that's where we post. That's where you could keep track of the show. Once again, if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you're even more generous and this would help us out the most is if go ahead and give us a review on Apple podcast. Uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, make sure it's a five-star review. Uh, that really helps us out. So <laughs> now with that said, excuse me, I can't even get past this. Uh, with that said, that has been our show. Uh, I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has
1: been the Always Socratic Critic Podcast.